Okay. So today is Yud Gimel Sivan, which means we are starting Chapter 4. Now, we ended Chapter 3 with a question, meaning to recap Chapters 1, 2, and 3 of the 12 chapters of this section. We learned that all of creation is a series of godly words, configurations of godly letters, constantly emerging and changing to vivify every single thing in all the spiritual and physical universe. With these 10 utterances, everything came into being. Everything in our planet Earth, everything in our solar system, everything in our galaxy, everything in the Milky Way, and everything in all the spiritual worlds, in the four spiritual worlds we're familiar with, and in all of the spiritual worlds beyond them that we're not as familiar with. Everything came into being, and everything is constantly coming into being through various permutations of combinations of letters of these ten utterances. Because creation shouldn't be. How can creation be? If all there is is God, how could there be anything else? So creation is an unnatural act that constantly keeps happening because God's words keep giving energy for this unnatural state of being to be. That was the basic point of chapters 1 and 2. In chapter 3, we said, taking this a step further, that therefore the only real substance and reality to anything is the godliness that vivifies it. That's the reality of it. But our eyes are blind to its truth. So what we grab as real is the most external layers of the self of that thing, which is, in our physical world, its physical manifestation. In the spiritual world, it would be its spiritual manifestation. But since we're in a physical world, we look at things and we see a shoe. The shoe is there, but the truth of the shoe is all of the godliness that's keeping it existent. That's its reality. That's its power. But since my eyes are blind to the truth, what my eyes view as true is the shoe. But we said, but that's only my eyes. That's not the real truth. The real truth is its reality, is its godliness. And then we said, but if so, how does it exist at all? How does this physical substance maintain Self and not revert to nothingness in the presence of its source, of its energy, of the godliness vivifying it. We compared it to the parable, to the metaphor that Abba gave of the rays and the sun, where the rays seem so strongly existent when they're about a million miles away from the sun. But by planet sun, the rays have no existence. But in our world, every physical entity is always in the source of the godly energy that's vivifying it. So if every physical entity is in its spiritual source, how does it stay existent? And to understand that, we begin chapter 4. And the Rebbe explains in chapter 4 that there's a verse that says that there are two levels of God, a level we call Hashem, in the Hasidic jargon, we express it as Havaya, the level of giving existence, and a level that we call Elohim, which is a lower level, a more constricted godly energy 
and also one of the seven names of God. Hashem is one of the seven names. It's the primary name of the seven. And Elohim is one also of the seven names. And based on this verse, Elohim, that godly energy, a valid name, not one of the 70 terms for God, but literally one of the seven names, and a name is expression of essence, is actually shielding the godly essence name of Hashem, of Havaya. Why do we need this shield? Because without the shield, the world truly wouldn't exist. Because if all we had were God's energy straight, the question we just asked at the end of chapter 3 would manifest itself. Creation would be subsumed in the vitality of God that's vivifying it, and it would not exist as we understand existence. It wouldn't make it. It wouldn't be a separate entity. So how is the shoe a shoe and is not reverted into godly nothingness? Because there's a shield around that godliness. And the shield around that godliness allows, so to speak metaphorically, the sun's rays to shine without overwhelming and destroying. Elohim is the shield that allows the energies of Havaya to shine in a fashion that the existence can absorb it. What does Havaya mean? Why do we say Havaya? Why do we pronounce the God's most basic essence name, Yud, K, Vav, K? Why do we pronounce that as Havaya? Because Havaya expresses the energy of this name. Mehave. Havaya. Mehave means that which gives existence. So the name, the Yud Kei Vav Kei, the name that most people refer to as Hashem, which means Ha-Shem, the name. Hashem is like Yamuka from Yeramalka, so Hashem from Hashem. Havaya means that which gives existence. Because the essence power of this essence name is to give existence to everything. This is the name which gives existence. Now, the name starts off with the Yud, Yud, and then Hey Vav Hey. Havaya, we pronounce it as, which means we sort of drop the first Yud. Hey Vav, and then Hey will be the Havaya, the giving existence. What happened to the Yud? The Yud means it's a constantly reoccurring thing. So the Havaya, the name of giving existence, is always happening, as we've been learning throughout these three-plus chapters. The aim means giving existence. That's the Havaya. The Yub means it's always giving existence. And surrounding the energies of Havaya is Elohim, is the shield. As the shield blocks the harmful or too intense rays of the sun, so what we receive is rays we can handle and that are good for us. Elohim shields Havaya that the energy that filters through is energy that allows the creation to exist without overwhelming the creation to the degree that it wouldn't exist at all. It would just be subsumed in the godliness. Any questions on this? Please unmute yourself, star six. Okay. <laughs> 